that's going to be to bring like a lot of fun to to Liguilla. I mean, right now the top eight is Pumas, and then Chivas, and then Toluca, Atlas, Cruz Azul, eh, Monterrey, Tigres, and Mazatlán. So, like, if the season ended today, it would be like a really fun Liguilla to watch because we have all these teams that are not usually qualifying. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's going to be like a fun season. Yeah, if you know if the if the league is more if there's more parity in the league, I think it definitely attracts more people to come and watch games, especially the people that say that um it's just Tigres and uh, Rayados league. Yeah, I mean I think that um they I, I don't know I haven't like really watched the, the Tigres games because there has been like some overlap with Chivas, but it's kind of surprising to see them like struggling a little bit. Uh, Monterrey had like two really good like 5-0 wins and then they lost against Pumas who are like really strong right now I mean I think that we are seeing maybe some of those teams like Pumas uh, get that belief that they can beat Tigres and Rayadas so I think that's kind of like what's been happening because what Pumas did was I mean pulling off a 3-0 win against Rayadas is not an easy feat and I think that just kind of like proves that, that they're maybe ready to, to take that little extra step that they need to advance further in Liguilla because they have been kind of like consistently qualifying, but they weren't like really making much else. And it's kind of like maybe those teams are finding that extra gear that they need. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to watch. It's like a, I feel like a Liga MX Feminine like uh, rookie or whatever, like finally watching more of the league. It's uh, definitely fun to watch. But um, we're here to talk about Chivas. So we didn't record last week because everybody was just too down to record. And then that kind of transferred over to me into the Feminine Podcast. So. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Chivas versus Mazatlan last week. Chivas beat Mazatlan 2-1. Uh, not many takeaways, I think. I just um, overall liked what I saw from Chivas that game. Um, you did try to warn Shorty Mejia that. Mazatlan like to take long distance shots and what did they do? They scored a long distance shot. Yeah, it was like a, a funny play because I had also mentioned that the important thing about having like two center mids that were a bit more defensive was precisely preventing them from setting up, setting up those long shots. And then on the goal, I think that it was Victoria Acevedo who slipped. And that's when Cassandra Montero was able to do what she does best and score from there. So... Yeah, I mean, overall, that's kind of like what was expected from Mazatlan. But it was also interesting because it put Chivas on, on the position of having to turn things around, being down in the in the scoreline. So I think that it was like really good to see how they were going to react to that. And I think that they did well. And that's also something that they can carry on to other matches. Like, okay, we were down already and we were able to turn this around. And, I mean, I know that people say, oh, I mean, Mazatlán, how, how tough can they be? But this is like a... Mazatlán is a, a really, like, bold team. Like, they're not, not going to defend, like, the 1-0 and just, like, wait for, for the win to stay. I mean, they're a team that keeps attacking and pressing. And I think that they're going to, to maybe pull up some scares this season because they seem to be, like, really... They, they seem to have improved and, like, they're clicking more. But also, like, that attitude of like maybe we don't have anything to lose so we're going to to try to do whatever we can to to spoil the party so i kind of i like that from them yeah i think i also watched i watched the mazatlan america game i think the first half and they they were actually taking the the fight to america they went up i think one nil and america tied last minute but 
Mazatlan had their opportunities in that game, so knowing that and then knowing that they were going to play Chivas, I was like, maybe Chivas might struggle. And then they did go down, but like you said, they came back, and that's so important because last season, you know, once they went down, Chivas kind of never knew how to react, but now they kind of got that monkey off their back just the second game into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think that was like a, a good test. And, and like, yeah, they were able to, to pull off the result. And also Licha scored, so that's good news. Yeah, we were talking about um, she might be getting frustrated throughout the season, but as we see now, maybe she won't be that much of a scorer this season, maybe more of a facilitator for her teammates. But um, she did have a nice goal off of, uh, I think Caro got the assist, but I don't really think she was trying to pass it to Licha. I don't know what you thought on that play, because um, it was a nice ball from Rodriguez to Caro, and then I think Caro went for goal, and it kind of just... She hit it wrong, and Licha was there to clean it up. Yeah, I mean, hard to tell what what the intention was, but I mean, I think that it was just like a a really good play from three of the of really good solid players that Chivas has. I mean, Jacqueline Rodriguez has been playing amazing, and and she has like that capacity to send these these long long passes and set up the assists. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what what Caro was trying to do, but the important thing is that it ended on a goal. So, and I mean, Licha has like that reflex to to be able to finish i mean she even if maybe she wasn't expecting the ball to land with her so yeah i mean it was nice to see them like get together for that play and yeah i mean i think that's something that we also saw in the match against santos is that maybe licha's role is not necessarily going to be to score 12 goals but it's also going to be like build plays and set up assists for others and I think that's also kind of what Chivas uh, Femenil has always been about. I mean, until Licha right, there was they ha- there hadn't been like a that kind of like center forward that scores more than ten goals in a season. And I think it's going to be interesting to see her transition to that role. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe once she she adapts to that, maybe that kind of will also take off the pressure from her because she's going to to feel like more comfortable like okay I mean I don't have to score three goals every match anymore I just need to make sure that I'm like doing what I need to do to set up the rest of my teammates so that they can they can score yeah I think she's gonna add another um how do I say another face to her game maybe she's gonna be a facilitator and that's good to see and then for the second goal another another play we mentioned last podcast that was kind of playing a lot better than she had last season. Jocelyn Montoya drew a foul in the box for Chivas and Garo converts to PK. I guess she's going to be our designated PK taker this season now that Nicole is gone. But I'm um, good to see from Montoya too. She um she was always attacking uh, over there on the right. And uh, like we said last podcast, maybe you know Norma Balafox leaving and Maria Sanchez leaving just take pressure off her because she's like, I'm going to play and if I'm going to play, I'm going to have to shine. Yeah, I mean... Now that she has like the starring role, I mean, we, we'll see how she matures, but I've kind of been liking what I've been seeing from her. Like she's always trying to to step into the box and that also leads to, to the PKs because they had like on the first and second games, they there were both like penalty kicks that were awarded after Jocelyn got fouled. So she knows how to use like that speed she has to make up that, that kind of play. And also, I mean, you never really see her like diving or you know trying to to sell it off like like she got hit when even when she wasn't like she never does that 
and just you can tell that even if she knows that she can still reach the ball like she she doesn't stay down like she tries to keep on running and keep and keep the play going but yeah i mean i think that her speed is going to be like a huge asset for trying to secure those penalty kicks and th those fouls outside the box for set pieces and i think that yeah i mean i think that sometimes she struggles a little bit with knowing when to to pass to her teammates but Overall, I think that, that she's performing like more consistently, which was another issue that she had, that maybe she wasn't as consistent. But I've kind of been liking, like, she's kind of found maybe that extra maturity she needed. Yeah, it's good to see from Justin Montoya. And then to end that, the Chivas Mazaplan talk, I think um, I was wondering why um, Susan Bejarano wasn't playing. But then we found out um, after the game why. Why she hadn't been playing and why Licha used her shirt to celebrate her goal? Yeah, after the match, um, the the club like released a statement that Susan's father had passed away, and like that's always like really, really sad to hear. And also, I mean, I guess maybe the the players took that like as motivation to say, okay, we need to win this game for for Susan and, and her family, and like sending her lots of love and, and support because I mean it can't be easy and. And I mean, maybe that also kind of like became that that motivation that that the team needed to to like give that extra effort. Yeah, so that was that was a good win for the team, and then to dedicate it to her is even even better. Um, and then we had last night's game. We had Chivas versus Santos Femenil. Um, I had actually forgotten. Um, I know Melissa, you just added it to the the outline. Um, because I had I had read that. Uh, Martin Perez had passed away due to COVID and the Santos feminist coach. But I didn't realize until like the day before of the game that it was Santos we were playing. And then the moment of silence before the game reminded me again. Yeah, I mean, Santos did not play their, their first match because they have like a COVID outbreak. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that it was like different parts of the club, like the men's divisions too. And yeah, after that, they, they gave like the, the news that their coach had passed away. Um. Chore did mention that on his post-match press conference. He said that he had only like met him um, for a few minutes before their last meeting, and but that he was like really grateful to to him because of the words that he had given him, because it was like I think it was like when Chore was just starting with the team, so he gave him like the welcome to the league and everything. So Chore kind of he he made the point because he got like his first question and he said that he wanted to. To speak about that for a minute and say that that he was sorry for Santos's loss and to his family and everything, and you know that it had really like made an impression on him, like about the type of, of person Martin Perez was when they spoke and when he welcomed him to the league. Yeah, it's um, I know we talked about on the men's podcast about how how the league was gonna manage COVID and like our our worst fear was a coach ca catching it and then passing away and now you know our worst fear came true so you know thoughts and prayers to to his family and you know all the santos fans players just sad to see yeah i mean and also like Jordi did get asked because um this match was after like the announcement of the league about the the new like restrictions and rules over over the covid protocols and yeah i mean he said that that you know they need to to, to comply and, and to do their best efforts so that nobody gets infected. 
So, yeah, I mean, he was just, like, supportive overall about the me- the new measures that the league is implementing. Yeah, all right. So, Chivas vs. Santos last season was an interesting matchup. I remember it being a uh, battle of the goalkeepers. I know Wendy Toledo and Blanca Felix each um, kept the other team from winning. And I, I was kind of expecting, like, a, another back-and-forth battle like that last night. But um, Chivas kind of controlled the game for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think that... We were all kind of like thinking like about how much Santos was going to be able to to close off defensively because they had been able to pull that off really well, and yeah, just like seeing how how Chivas dealt with that mental block of saying, okay, this is a team that I wasn't able to score on last season, and yeah, I mean I think that something that we're also seeing from the team is that they're being more patient, like the last time they faced Santos, you could see that they were like really frustrated over not being able to score. And I think that now they look like on a better frame of mind. Like they look more calm. Like they know that they're, that it's going to be like their moment to score and everything. And you see them like sticking more to the plan. And that's also that something that we saw like on the first, on the last game against Mazatlan um, during halftime. And, they all got together like on the pitch to maybe discuss like what they were going to do. And you can see kind of like the players are on that same page of like getting the instructions they need and trying to stick to the game plan and also discussing like and talking among each other to see what, what they were going to be doing. And yo, I also saw like on the Mazatlan game that it was like um, Caro Jaramillo, I think, who was talking with a lot with Pato Alfaro, the assistant coach about tactics and also on a break during the Mazatlan game when a Mazatlan player was injured, all of the players went over to Chore to discuss and to get instructions. So, I mean, I think we are also seeing that from the players in terms of being like really focused on on what the game plan is. And I think that that also kind of like gives them that calm to know that they know what they need to do to break apart a defense and to hold off another team. So we are also kind of like seeing the team like with a different mood. I mean, maybe it's not like um, a lot of like, or too explosive or, or too sh- too flashy like last season. But I think that they are all like really focused right now. Yeah, I feel like last season they were very, they were super dependent on the wing, on wing play. And if you took that away from Chivas, it was kind of, Chivas would get frustrated and really wouldn't know what to do. But now I like I like the patience that I'm seeing from the team. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Caro Jaramillo. You know, we lost Nicole Perez, but I'm not going to say it hasn't affected us, but we haven't really felt it yet. Not too bad. Um, obviously, the left wing is, I think, where Chivas, is, Chivas needs, some, needs some help. It was never going to be easy to replace Maria Sanchez, but um, I thought going into the Santos game that Annette Vasquez has kind of been struggling. But um, she got a goal, so that might be the confidence boost that, that she needs going into you know the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Annette is that also, like, we were talking about how hard it was going to be because also she was going to be playing with someone who's not a, not experienced as a left-back, like Godinez. And, like, they were, all, they were both, like, trying their best, but it didn't seem to be really working against Santos. And then that's when, like, Chore did like that switch where Montoya went to the left side and that's when it picked up. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that even though 
she had like a, a really bad uh, first 60, 70 minutes and it was able to to get the goal because I mean in the end maybe she's not that's going to give her like like you said that confidence boost that that she's that she can deliver that kind of of thing for the team. But yeah, I mean I think that it's like a problem of of adjusting both the left back and and the left wing. But I I really liked what I saw from Carol Bernal who finally made her debut. Um, she kind of reminded me a little bit of the first time I saw Yashira play with Chivas, because you kind of can tell like really fast if a player has like that that vision and how well they can read like their their partner's movements and everything and you could tell that Carol Bernal has that so i really like the way that that she moved and how she knew where where to send because less than 1 minute in she was already sending a cross that was almost a goal for Licha so you can tell that she really clicked with everyone and that's like really great because you want like a new signing to to adapt to the team as fast as possible yeah, she only got a couple of minutes, and like you said, uh, one of her first passes was almost an assist to to Licha, so that's good to see, especially, you know, if we don't have a natural left back, and we can just plug her in and hope, you know, that, she, that she'll that she step up, and from what, the few minutes we saw, I'm uh, I'm hopeful that works there. And then, what else, last, last night, uh, Isabella Gutierrez, once again, looking good in the minutes that she gets, um... I know you tweeted it, Melissa. You said, you know, we don't want to, maybe they don't want to rush her development, but um, I, I could see her eventually starting this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you, if starting or at least getting like the full 45 minutes mm-hmm. because I kind of really like that when she steps in, it feels like she's always like that missing piece because of the way that they have been setting um, Caro up. Maybe she doesn't shine as much. But kind of like always when, when Isabella steps in, it's kind of like everything makes sense. And she manages to, to boost everyone around her. So I, I really like what she's been doing. Um, even though, like I said, she's very young and maybe they don't want to press her too much. But yeah, I mean, I think that she's got like the the mental strength to to handle like more minutes or maybe handle a bit more pressure. But it's it's also really good to see that she's consistent. That if she's getting in like three times, three matches in a row, and she's getting thirty or, or or twenty minutes, she's making the most of them. So I think that that's going to be great for the team to have a player like her. Yeah, she's really good at kind of like finding lanes. I want to say like she creates link up play, which is what she was needs, especially if they're not going to rely on their wingers as much and want to play down the middle. She's uh she's gonna be a key player at that. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing I said with with Bernal. I mean, you can tell when a player has that vision, when they can read like those movements and they can read these spaces, and that's something that Isabella also does really well. And and that's why I mean, it looks like she has been playing like forever, even though she's just sixteen. So it's exciting to to see how well she complements. Too, because it's not like she has got a ton of talent but she doesn't fit in with the rest I think that that she has like that that really good um form or, or style of play that suits everybody else around her yeah I'm excited to see what she's gonna do throughout the rest of the season um talk about the talk about the goals from last night I know you know we mentioned Licha being a facilitator she got two assists last night one assist to Jocelyn Montoya. Again, Montoya stepping up. 
Um, nice little build up from Lee on the wing, which uh, I'm not sure if it was just for that play. I didn't really pay attention to that, but um, I know that one came from the wing for Licha. And Montoya down the middle. Nice nice shot. At first, I thought it didn't go in because of the way it bounced back. She um... Yeah, the shot was so hard that <laughs> yeah. it bounced off. <laughs> I thought it hit like one of the one of the letreros in the background, the advertisements. And I was like, how did she miss that? And then the I think even the Chivas guys were confused. It took them like a couple of seconds to, to start celebrating that goal. Yeah, to start playing the the mariachi music that they always play. Yeah, <laughs> and then Licha again assists to Annette Vasquez. That that ball from Licha for the Annette Vasquez goal was was amazing. Like that was a great pass. Yeah, I mean it's kind of great to see Licha being free, like to set those assists, because and like even like the the official account tweeted last night when they were giving her like the the player of the match thing that the fans voted for. Like, being a striker is not just about scoring goals, and I think that that they also... I mean, I think that everybody realizes that because I think that maybe people were going to put too much weight um, in terms of measuring Licha's performances as, oh, she's not scoring as much as she used to last season. But I think that we need to understand that the system that Chivas is playing now is different. And... For me, like it's really impressive that the players that we have are able to fit this new system and that they're like really complete because it's not just that Licha is just good at finishing and, and that's all she does. I mean, she has like that vision and she knows how to send those assists and how to set up her teammates and how to stay in the play and maybe even without the ball, she, she moves really well. So... I think that we're seeing lo- those other facets of her game like really shining. I mean, it not be it may not be like a, as as impressive as saying she scored three goals today, but what she did was like like pretty great. Yeah, and there, and there's no doubt that she can score because we've been watching the the videos that she was feminine tweaks out, and she's scoring goals on every she was feminine goalkeeper that steps up. <laughs> yeah, like even Blanca told her like that's what I want to see in the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She said, that's what I want to see on Monday. She didn't score, and it was her birthday on Sunday, but maybe she's not scoring on purpose, you know? that The leading goal scorer curse is real, I think. She's not going to be like the leading assist. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to deliver 100 assists for Chivas before she, scores, before she scores 20 goals. There you go. That's how you stay on Chivas. She don't want to leave. <laughs> uh, another takeaway I had from this game we saw a lot of uh, long shot attempts which is something we all, we've always been asking for Acevedo had had one um, Caro Jaramillo had a couple I think even Licha had one so I think Shorty might be encouraging them to test keepers from from far out now even more yeah I mean and even if, if you're not going to, to get goals out of those you can at least like make the defense and the goalkeepers nervous which is also like a good help. I think that something that they did really well is that they were all starting to make the defenders nervous and like make them start fouling and just like doubt themselves. Because, I mean, something that we saw about Wendy Toledo, like the last time that they faced was like the level of confidence she has. Even though she's also like a very young player, but she has like that leadership attitude. So if you can like do those those little things to start rattling the defense, 
then that also can help you like win that mental aspect of the game if it's going to be like a really tough match. Yeah, and I think also to that, you know, I think the their coach passing away probably affected their um their mental status going into this game. So I don't know how to read I don't know if I want to read into that as Chivas did that or maybe it was um the coach passing away, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it can be like a little bit of both. So yeah. I mean I don't know, maybe like it gave them like a, that extra motivation of saying we need to try to win this for him, but also I mean of course like that grief is is also like on the back of your mind when you're playing. Yeah. All right, let's see. Any other takeaways, Melissa, from these last two games for Chivas Feminine? Mm, well, I mean, like I said, I know that, that maybe people are kind of like discounting the wins because we are not facing the top teams yet. But I think that, that it's built a really nice confidence level for them. Like, okay, we've already been down and we came back. And like, okay, we already beat the team that we were not able to score on last season. Mm, and just like seeing that, I think that they are all really, like I said, on the same page, like mentally. They seem to be like really supporting each other. Like, and they have all mentioned it. Like, Miriam said it. I mean, the us, those of us who are like maybe a bit more veteran players or who have more experience in national team, like we are trying to be like that, that, that step into that leadership role for the rest of the players who are really young. So, I mean, I think that is also good news that like uh, a signing like Carol Bernal was able to look good on, on her first few minutes. And it's also like a great sign that a player like Isabella is performing consistently. I mean, I think that they are all like stepping into these new roles and in, in like stages of, of their career, maybe in a way. So I think that we're seeing also that maturity from Chore as well, because I think that he has been able to to do the most with what he has. And we also see that he's not delivering those triple subs of death. Like he knows <laughs> what his game plan is. And I think that I like that, that he's focusing on doing the most he can with the players he already has on the pitch rather than changing too much. So I think that we're also seeing like him grow as a coach as well. I think you said it last podcast, Melissa, that the players that left might be a blessing in disguise because it kind of forces Shorty and Chivas to become like a more whole team. Like, you know, they have to, they know they can't rely on the wing play anymore. So they have to, they have to learn how to adapt to the games as they're playing them. And I think by the way they huddle up at halftime or when the player is down with an injury, the way they huddle up, I think they're focused more on like, a game plan or like tactics and they they want to do what it takes to to win a game and i think as the season progresses we're going to see that more and more yeah and and that's also something that i that i saw on the game against santos um like kimberly guzman even though like she still had like 20 minutes before she had to step in she was like discussing a lot with Mario Dominguez with the physical trainer and because of the motions that they were doing like you could tell that he was discussing the tactics with her so you can see like those little details and and also Chore mentioned on on his post-match press conference um, he said it's not just three or four players they are all working really well and the mission since day one of preseason was to raise our standards and to be better 
to restructure and reinvent ourselves so that we can do a, an even better tournament than the last one. And he also said, like, there's players who didn't have, like, as many minutes, but since last season they were showing that they were 100% ready. So he says that it's not a coincidence that they were all, like, match fit and in sync. So they were, he says that the players were waiting for an opportunity and that we are seeing that they are really taking those opportunities and taking advantage of the chances that they're getting. So, I mean, I think that also speaks to, to like, the mindset that the team is facing this, this season. And that also kind of, like, segues a bit into what we were going to speak next, which is, like, the the national team call-ups. Because he mentioned this, like, in the they made a, a small video when they were announcing the, the national team call-ups. That it's not just like because of the level of, of, of Licha or Caro or Miriam, but because of the team effort. And he said, I think those call-ups are not just because of their effort, but also because of their teammates that are helping them be at that national team level. Yeah, it was it was I like that video that they put out and um you know, it's good to see the players that we, we said are gonna be uh pillars to this QS feminine team getting the recognition they deserve with, with national team call-ups. I know for Caro, it's a return to the senior national team, but Miriam and Licha, is, it's their debut on the, on the senior national team, right? Yeah, it's first time on the senior national team for Miriam and for Licha. And, I mean, I think that mm, they've all had like, their, their journey towards this, which is like really great to see. I mean, Caro, after her injuries and then losing like the starting spot at Tigres and... I think they all of all three of them have had like this like vindication in a way because like Caro is now like performing so well for Chivas and like Licha who was like a bench player at Rayadas and who both Licha and Caro have been able to like fulfill their potential here mm-hmm. and Miriam I mean she has had like a great youth uh, national team career and and then, like, that got cut short because of her ACL there. And she has mentioned that in interviews. Like, I know that I lost a step, in, like, in the in my process for the national team because of that. And she said this, like, um, like a year ago. I, I just need to keep working. And I'm going to keep working because I want to be back there, like, wearing that jersey. And I think that this is, like, a a really great recognition of the work she has been doing because coming back from a, a knee injury is not easy, both like on the on the fitness part and on the mental side, because I guess that maybe you kind of have that on the back of your mind a little bit of I don't want to, to risk my, my knee again. But I think that she's been like a really solid performer for Chivas for a while now. And, and I think that it's going to be like a good boost for all three of them. Like, okay, like the effort and... And the work that I'm doing is paying off. Yeah, for sure. And it's you know, like you said, it's also a motivator for the for the younger players. You know, they see their teammates getting called up to the national team. Their their teammates are are the ones that are putting in the work on the team. They set the example, and then they they can aspire to you know get national team caps next next round or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the change of of coaches in the national team um, now maybe those who are not as familiar. Uh, Monica Vergara, who led the, the U-17 national team to a, a World Cup final, is now the coach, and she took in over Christopher Cuellar, 
I think that's also going to be like a motivation, not just for Chivas, but for all the players. Because if you see this first uh, roster that, that Monica Vergara assembled, like it's like really diverse and maybe some players that weren't getting like call-ups before. So it's also kind of like a message of, of you know, this is a new stage for the national team. And anyone who who is performing well can get a call-up and... And it's also going to be like a transition because there's no U23 for the women. So all that generation of, of you know, of Nicole Perez and the ones who made the, to the World Cup final, they're going to be looking for that transition to the to the national team at the senior level. Same with, with Miriam and those players who are 22, 23, who haven't been able to, to have like a youth youth team to play for and now they know that they're getting looked into so I mean I think that's also going to be like a boost for all of them um, especially for the ones who have been already training with her like Jocelyn Montoya she didn't get called up this time but we know that Monica Vergara has her like on the radar because she's called her to the U20s before same with Kimberly Guzman so I think that it's going to be like that extra motivation of saying okay the coach is looking at new faces and like if I do my best I might get a chance here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too familiar with the the female national team from Mexico, but you know, it's a new a new coach, so a new era. So I guess I'm I'm excited to jump into this Monica Vergara's uh position with the team now. Um again, a rookie. I'm gonna be a rookie for the women's national team, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she just stepped in like a week or two ago. And even though it's not a FIFA date, she said, okay, I mean, I want to do a training camp, which is great because one of the biggest criticisms that Christopher Cuellar got is that in the past year, I mean, basically every single national team division had at least one training camp, like even during COVID or before COVID hit, except for the senior women's national team, which is crazy. Like, Everyone training except for you, and and I mean I think that we know that it's it's hard for Mexico on the women's side because it's kind of like the opposite from the men in that the U.S. are a powerhouse, like the best team in the world for the yeah. women's national teams, and it's hard to qualify. But also like those changes that are coming, that there are going to be like more spots for Concacaf. I think that's also going to be like a motivation to say, okay, like the road got a little bit easier, but we also need to put in the work that we need to put so that we can stay competitive because it's not just United States and Canada. I mean, you have national teams like Jamaica really stepping in and developing these generations of talent. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm also excited to see what, what Monica Vergara can do. I mean, a change was much needed for the senior national team, but also I really hope that they get the backing that they need from the federation because, I mean, as, as good as, as Monica Vergara can be as a coach, it's not going to make any sense if they're just going to be, like, training caps at the at their, like, FMF center and they're just going to be playing against the U20. So, I mean, I also hope that once, like, travel is possible again, that they're going to be able to play more stadiums and... Things like that because, I mean, I can't remember when was the last time they played on a stadium in Mexico. I mean, it must be years now. 
So they kind of need that that boost from the federation as well. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be like interesting, like seeing all these Liga MX talent that can step in, the youth players that can step in, and like the established players and the players from Europe. I mean, I think that it's the the widest pool of talent that that we've had like ever, maybe. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be like a really interesting process, and like I said, I hope that it's also like a motivation for all the players. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know on the timeline, everybody was happy about the move. Um, I know I get like most of my feminine knowledge outside of the Chivas feminine stuff on the um, our football podcast. And I know they've been complaining about the national team and how it's managed. So I'm happy a change was made and we'll see what happens going into the future. And then Melissa, in that video, you, you wrote it down on the on the outline. We had an awkward Nelly Simone moment. <laughs> she finally resurfaced with the team. Yeah, she made another official appearance with the team. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I kind of made a note of it because I think that everybody commented like the same thing that it was weird, like <laughs> to see her after all this time. But also, I mean, I don't know if it was like a, a deliberate decision from the editing or it's just how the shot came out. But, like, it's Chore, like, giving this motivational speech and everybody seems, like, really happy and whatever. And then just, like, all of us <laughs> are Nelly Simone steps in. And, like, she gives the announcement of the national team call-up. So, I mean, I don't know. It was, like, awkward. Like, even how the shot was framed because they never really show her face. Yeah. Like, it's just her back and, like, her voice giving, like, the names of the, of the players who are coming in and... Like, I don't know, it's just weird. I mean, like I said, I don't know if this was like a deliberate decision from the press team, like the way they edited the video, or just like coincidence in terms of how the shot came out. But I don't know, man, it's just, it was just like a weird thing. Like all of a sudden she shows up and like there's like zero chemistry with the team. I mean, I know that we've mentioned before, it seems like, like she's kind of like stepped a little bit to a side and maybe she's just letting like Chore and the team work together. Um, and I don't know, maybe they did it to show that she's still part of the team. But yeah, it was just weird. Yeah, because before they've, they've done those. Um, Well, I remember one video they did when they announced the, uh, I think it was Chelly Torres, right? That got her first call up and she was the one that made the announcement, but she was like, facing the team and everybody was smiling and they they showed her from the front not just the back of her head like it was a it was a completely different uh mood. kind of yeah. mood yeah like a vibe different vibe so it was it was it was a little weird yeah i mean in, instead of of making us like reassured that she's still on the team <laughs> it just kind of like made us realize how weird the whole situation is with her like we like it seems like she's still part of the team but like she wasn't even wearing like any chivas gear which she always wore before like she was always yeah. at least wearing like a chivas jacket i mean it just looked like she just showed up to, to shoot that and then she left i mean i, I don't know it's just, just so weird i mean it's just like when they forced you to go and say hi to your <laughs> weird uncle who never shows up to the family meetings i was like i, I was mean, gonna say it's like a like when you take it like a date to a wedding, but you don't want it, you don't want them in any of like the important pictures, so you kind of like put them to the side just in case you gotta crop them out. Like that's kind of yeah, like what she was in. 
just like at the end, like you can see that she fist pumps with Miriam and like, yeah, Miriam. And Miriam's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, Licha. And like, Licha's like, whatever, like <laughs> with her teammates. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the intention was. Like, if the intention was to be reassuring, they did not <laughs> nail that target. So, I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was like a funny detail. And I thought maybe it's just me. But then, like, I saw a lot of comments on, on that regard, and I was like, okay, it was not just me, like, seeing weird things there. Yeah, it, it was it was a little weird. Like, I, the, the players that got called up, they were just, like, kind of like, meh, like, all right, whatever. I expected, like, excitement or something, but maybe they're just trying to contain themselves for the video. They don't want to be too emotional in front of the camera. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a professional, like, video editor or whatever, so... Yeah, so it was, it was, like, funny and weird at the same time. Alright, so next week, Chivas Femenil will play Pachuca on Monday night at... It says 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but I don't know. Sometimes the, the game changes, like, the day of. Like, I thought last night's game against Santos was at 8 o'clock, and then... I realized it was at six o'clock, and I had to like rush to finish what I had to do before before the game kicked off. Yeah, I have um, five p.m. like central, so yeah, so six over here. Mm, yeah, I mean they're facing Pachuca, which is, I mean they're kind of like in a weird place right now because they're like in the middle of a really interesting project, but they have not been able to win any of their matches so far. So, I mean, what Pachuca did was um, their their now former coach, Eva Espejo, is now their sporting director. And they brought in um, Toña Is, who coached um, the U-17 Women's World Cup champions. They actually, they beat Mexico that time. And mm. she also won like a like a Euro. So, I mean, she's like a very capable coach and she's, she has got like plenty of youth experience and so, I mean, I think that also kind of like set the expectations really high for them. And they haven't been able to get re really like any good results. But I kind of have been seeing bits and pieces of their matches. I think they're playing well. One thing is that they also have like a ton of really young players. They have eight under 20s, which is like one of the highest oh, wow. amounts in the league. And... I mean, so, of course, like, it's going to take time for them to adjust to a new coach. Like, she probably has, like, a very different method than players are used to here in Mexico. And, like, she's getting, like, her feet wet in, in terms of knowing the league and the other teams. But, I mean, I still think that even in their current form, they are always, like, a, a very dangerous team. I mean, they have, like, really great talent. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, interesting to see to see how, how she does. I mean, it's going to be, like, I think, like, a very tactical battle. So I kind of, like, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Chore can do with that. And just today, like, the, the FIFA website published an interview with, with Tonya Is. And, and, and she said, like, I had to take the plunge because I really fancied this project. I had offers after leaving the Spanish Federation, but I've always said that I'd only accept a project that I was passionate about, and the Pachuca job was certainly that. So, I mean, it's interesting also to see, like, 
what's the image of the league that people have like abroad because I know that sometimes we can maybe focus a lot on the negative things about the league but sometimes we don't we also don't see like how people like outside Mexico see the growth that, that the league has no yeah so it's kind of like interesting seeing and you know Eva Espejo also said like we are four years into this project and we'd already gone through a period of adaptation and structuring, so after that we needed growth. So I think that Pachuca is really aiming for the long term here, with Toña and with Eva Espejo. So, and, and like she mentioned, they told me about everything the club had, but I found it hard to, to envisage. So I think that maybe she thought that they were just like selling her like hopes that everything was great when it wasn't. And, and she said, it's only when you're here and you see it in reality that you realize what they said was true. And football people told me I, I'd enjoy a very good work environment at a great club who would give me all the tools for the job. And from day one, I felt at home and, and very happy. So, I mean, just like the fact that they're getting, that the league starting to attract that kind of talent for coaching is like really exciting to see. And another reason why I'm, I'm exciting about her being in Pachuca is because if they can like develop more coaches that are specialized on the on the women's league and on on coaching women's teams, I mean that can only be a great thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean kind of like the things that are like really noteworthy about Pachuca are kind of a bit more off the pitch, but like on the pitch, like they have amazing players. I mean just Viridiana Salazar has I think already passed the 50 goal mark. And she's only like 19 or 20 years old. So she's like a really great talent. And I mean, they have Monica Ocampo, who is like by her own right a legend for Mexican women's football. And she had been injured like for more than a year. I mean, she hadn't been able to play because she had, I think, some knee issues. And I think that's also going to help Pachuca because you have like a player of her caliber who has like amazing talent and all that experience. In a team that is very young, I mean, that's going to really help bring that leadership on the pitch. And I think that's that's going to help them keep improving as the season progresses. Yeah, definitely. I think it's they're, they're going to have growing pains, but it's going to be it's going to be good if it pays off in the end for for Pachuca and then the league overall, too. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said, like there seems to be like a mid long term mm-hmm. project and and that's great. And. And like it's it's worth like even if if you are maybe not as like in deep with the league, I mean it's it's going to be good to keep an eye on that because I mean they could really be spearheading a lot of really great things for everyone. But yeah, I mean like in in terms of results, the last time they played was in November, so it wasn't that long ago, and it was a two-one win for Chivas. So I mean hopefully they they'll be able to to make the most out of like. Chivas is great form and Pachuca's not so great form right now and, and pull off another win. I, I do see I do think that, that Chivas can win this one. Yeah, Chivas will be playing away. Uh, Melissa, I think you said Pachuca's with Fox Sports in Mexico, so I don't I don't think it's gonna be aired in the in the States. So I think we're gonna have to find find the other other means of watching that game. Yeah, they get broadcast by Fox, so yeah, I don't think that it's going to be on the states, but I'll check anyway. And like, if there isn't like uh, to the end or, or whatever broadcast, we look into the other 
non-conventional <laughs> avenues to watch this game. Yeah, definitely. I know. I know you'll tweet out or we'll tweet out the the link or share it in the Discord. I know the Discord is a uh, might be able to show the game on the Discord actually. Now that I think about it, but yeah. Well, if you want to watch the game on Monday. Hit us up, and we will tell you where you can watch it. Um, any anything else, Melissa? Before we head out and wrap up the episode? Mm, no, not really. I mean, just overall, I think that it hasn't been like the spectacular start of the season that we had last last time. But I don't think it's a, a bad start at all. I mean, hopefully we'll we'll see the key, the team keep building on what they have so far. And yeah, I mean, hopefully it will be an another win for them. Yep, hopefully Chivas wins on Monday night and keeps uh, their push for the top spots. I'm excited to see what happens. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. Thank you for listening. We are out.